when we die. So without any further ado, we'd love to bring in Echo. Good evening, and how are you doing? Hi, David. I'm doing great. Thanks for having the show. Oh, our pleasure. There's uh, a lot of people out there, our fans are listening. And uh, before we get off to a start, uh, our friends, the Psychic Twins, Terry and Linda Jameson, asked us if we'd give you a shout-out to say hello. Oh, that is so sweet. Gosh. Thanks. Uh, so really just, nice. Just wanted to bring that up. Um, have you had them so, on your show recently? Yes, we, yes. we had them on in the beginning of January. We okay. and they made their uh, okay. yearly predictions. Predict- yes, and they've told okay. me that like a hundred of them have come true already. And we've had them on our show uh, uh, for four years now, and it seems like each year the predictions mm-hmm. keep coming true quicker and quicker. And they like them documented, so that's you know, the purpose. Uh, one of the purposes of the show is to have it documented. You know, they like to document everything, and you know, to show our listening audience because every guest we have, we support our guests. We believe in them. That's why they're here, and we have a following that believe in this also, and also other people that are looking for answers. That's why we have this presentation on on the Sunday show to a large listening audience. And uh, tonight, I know that most definitely you have a lot of answers for people out there. There's always guests that say, you know what, I'm glad you had him or her on because you've answered my question. And if you don't mind me asking, um, can we talk a little bit about your wonderful book? Okay, well, I'd like to start out with What Happens When We Die, your recent book, which which is really a groundbreaking and amazing book. I read it myself, and, you know, as a medium, um, I concur with what you say. And, you know, not every medium is the same. We all see things very similarly, and yet not quite the same. And so what, don't you agree with that? Yes, I do. Yes, I do, David. Mm-hmm. Well, a lot of people ask me about what's different. You know, what's a soul? You know, so may we ask you, what is a soul, and does everybody have one? Oh yes, everybody has one. Even our pets have souls. And um, what is a soul? A soul is made up of energy, and it looks our each of our souls look just like our body. Some some mediums uh, that I've met in the past have referred to the soul as the body double. So, you know, interesting. Just the other day, a lady asked me. She said, if I get to heaven, how am I going to recognize my husband if he's just a soul? And I said, your husband's soul looks just like your husband's body. And she didn't know that. And it was it it, it was so interesting to me that it's just like uh, – I thought everybody knew that. And so she was very happy to hear me be able to recognize her husband. Um, and it's, it's, it, our soul is simply made of energy. It's our personality. It's, it's us. It's our essence. And, you know, we all think that we're all about the physical body, but really the person that's talking to you right now, this is my soul. God, you know, David, um, on my website, 
if people, okay, my website is echobovine.com, and if people go to my website and then they click on store, up in the, uh, it's either right in the top or on the right-hand side, I think I may have moved it, but in white lettering, it says pictures uh, for the book, look for the good and you'll find God. Now, if people would click on that, they can, they will see some pictures of a young boy's soul uh, above the car after he was killed in a car accident. And they can see, people will be able to see, there's I think four pictures on there of uh, first his soul came out of his body in streams of energy. And um, and then in the last picture, you can see all the energies coming together, and it forms his head, his face. And um, there was another picture that I did not get from the policeman, but um, I actually saw his shoulders and his body or his soul forming to look like the body. So <clears throat> these were pictures that were given to me by a policeman who took the pictures in 1984 with a regular 110 Instamatic camera. And um, I, I mention it only because uh, people might be very interested. The pictures are phenomenal, and uh, I highly recommend going and looking at the pictures because it, it will show people what I mean when I say energy. Okay? I, I totally agree. You know, a picture is worth a thousand words. You know, scientists yeah. Yeah. have, some scientists have stated that, you know, when you die, you die, you know, because the brain is everything. And my belief is, and I want you to take on my belief is that when the spirit comes into the body and it grows and all that, the spirit has everything you need and it gives it to the body. But, you know, the eyes are to see, the ears are to hear. The information comes from spirit, and the brain is just, you know, a stepping stone to communicate to the body. And then when the uh, when you pass away and go back home, and your spirit leaves, then there's nothing in the brain because the consciousness comes out of everything. The brain is only a, a, like a tool when the spirit comes in the body. Maybe I, I could explain it mm-hmm. better than that, but you know what I'm talking about, don't you? Mm-hmm. 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 Yeah, and a lot, a lot of people are confused about that, but no, that that's just the way it is. So, talking about souls, is there such a thing as an old soul, or are we are we all born at the same time, or is there an old soul? You know, dude, that's a good question, and and um, I know some psychics, including Edgar Casey, that say that we were all born at the same time, or our souls were created at the same time, ten billion years ago. Um, but I don't, I don't think I agree with that. Uh, it just doesn't felt right to me. It, it feels to me, and even the guy that works with me has said that uh, the source that created us continues to create new souls. And um, so that, uh, the, she said the answer. She said that God created force. So it's almost like God. The, the, that we call God um, can't help but continue to create new souls. Would, would I explain why? So I believe, but again, hmm? 
that again. Oh, would would that explain why you meet people on Earth here? That some of them seem to have an ageless wisdom, that they're amazing people, yeah. just yeah. don't have a clue about anything. Would that have anything to do with it? Oh yeah, oh yeah, that that explains it right there. You know, with the new soul, they're just learning. Oh my gosh, they have so much that they have to learn, and. Um, you know, to me, a lot of the, uh, the kids that are in gangs, uh, the people that kill each other um, for power and prestige, respect, uh, they're the younger souls. And um, the older souls, the, the souls that have been around for a while, have had, you know, several lifetimes, there is a wisdom in there. You can even see them when you're looking at a baby. You can you can tell right away um, in the baby's eyes if it's an old soul that's being born, or if it's a new soul. Now maybe it's not a brand new soul. Uh, there's you know like middle of the road souls also who um, are literally just right in the middle of their of their growth, and uh, they have a wisdom also. But they just the older souls just have this energy about them of like a knowing. And uh, there's just no getting around it. They just have it. Speaking of... You know what I mean, David? I I know you know what I mean. Oh, definitely, for sure. I'm pretty much explaining this for the benefit of the audience, but, you know, we know what we know. That's why I try to ask engaging Mm -hmm. questions. But I I believe Sherelle wants to ask you something. Sure. I do. Hi, Echo. Sherelle? I was worried... Well, not... I was looking through the... um, uh, looking at the chat room and when you guys were talking and you mentioned about the eyes that you can tell and uh, we had someone in the chat uh, who asked if people do not believe um, in God or they don't believe in Jesus, do they still have guardian angels and doesn't the flame of their soul darken the eyes? Does that sound like... Uh, no, I wouldn't... Uh, okay, Um for people who don't believe in God or, or Jesus, um, um, let's see, the, the question, okay, you know do what? They still the have, do they still have guardian angels? I, oh, uh, yeah, they still have spirit guides. Yes, they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I believe that, too. I believe that, too. Yeah. They were just yeah. wondering if that, when, they, when you were talking about the eyes, um, I hadn't heard anything about... Uh, the, the flame of their soul darkened in the eyes? I hadn't heard about that. Oh, I've, I've never heard anything like that before. Yeah, mm-hmm. me either. Okay, thank you. Mm-hmm. Neither have I, but, you know, like you say, the eyes are the window to the soul, and, uh, you know, Echo knows that, and a lot of people know that. When you look into somebody's eyes, there's many things you can perceive, you know, and, and that's yep. amazing. Yeah. I know, you, you know what, I, what, what? Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, a lot of people say that here on earth, like, gee, why does God do this? Why doesn't God do that? So forth and so on. Well, my belief is because he gave us, we were given free will, and I think that, you know, without certain things happening, I mean, isn't earth a school for uh, spiritual growth? Yes, that's exactly what it is. And we come here to grow, to learn, to gashen for our fellow human beings. Um, there's so much. You know, what, 
what my, the way my teacher put it was that we are all seeking to be on the right hand of God. And um, in order to be on the right hand of God, we have the same compassion and love and understanding as God does. And uh, it takes a lot of lifetimes and a lot of different life experiences. And so that Earth is the emotional planet. This is where we come to develop our emotions, to experience our emotions, master our emotions. Um, and I'll tell you, in order to do that, we, we go through a lot of experiences. And um, Earth is the best place to come to do that. So that's why we're here. I'll say it's really challenging at times. I mean, it's can be paradise or it could be the opposite, whatever we make it, I suppose, yeah. whatever we choose to see. So talking right. about death and you know, Something that you said, David, that I would like to make a comment that, you know, uh, people say, and, and I have religion for this, um, you know, why is God doing this to us? And it's really unfortunate that people believe that way because God does not do Stuff to us, you know, this this energy that it created us loves us unconditionally, and so I mean, can you imagine, uh, you know, being if you're a parent, just looking at your child and saying, you know what, I, I'm having cancer today, um, or I feel like causing you, or um, you know, I feel like uh, getting you wounded in the war so that you come back and amputate. That is not the God that created that. That is a God of religion that uh, is there just to keep us in line. And, you know, religion, I'm telling you, they they got your karmic debt going on here for teaching us this stuff. And um, maybe that's why they don't teach about karma, at least here um, in uh, the world. They don't teach about karma. I mean, it, it's so much that's blamed on God, and it's not, it's not this God. It's it's our soul. It's a, the path that our soul has chosen to uh, have these experiences in order to live as much and learn as much as we do. So sorry, but you know, whenever I hear that, people and people say that people say to me a lot. You know, why does God make my loved one suffer in their dying? Why won't God let my loved one go home? And uh, you know. It certainly isn't God that says, hey, I want you to lay in that hospital bed and suffer for as long as possible. It's up to the soul to let go. And people need to realize we are laying in a hospital bed or in our bed at home dying. Our soul is going through a lot of changes. And that soul will let go when we feel ready. And it is not God that is saying, oh, I love it that they're suffering. It's just not like that at all. And I just needed to say that. I don't know why it's just so important. No, it it is very important. Definitely very important. People need to, you know, think about that. And, you know, we were given a great paradise and free will and we're innately imbued with love. But when you come down here in the body, you know, you're kind of blocked from remembering everything where you came from. Otherwise, you would want to go back. So if you're in the body and you get yeah. cold, you get hungry and this and that, 
we have free will to discover good and bad and make it what we want of it. And as the world grows, the population grows through our free will, not God who's not a dictator. Mm -hmm. Our free will, we make it the way it is. And and that's my take on that's the way the the world is, you know. That makes to me a lot of sense. Book, you said nobody ever dies alone. So, you know, if if somebody is in a room by themselves and there's nobody else physically there, they're by themselves, Mm -hmm. how could it be Mm -hmm. that they are not dying alone? Could you explain that to our listeners? Well, well, you know, David, um, I'm really glad you asked this question because this is is one of the reasons I wrote that book. And I hear from people all the time that, oh, my gosh, you know, my mom... My mom was in the hospital, and I was by her side every day for two weeks, and finally I had to, you know, leave and go home and feed the dog or something like that. And uh, and my mom died when I was gone, and I just feel awful that she died alone. And um, a lot of people that are dying will say, uh, please don't let me be alone. I don't want to be alone when I die. Now, that is the physical talking and the conscious mind, but... You know, once that soul starts to come out of the body, the soul can see the disillusions waiting in the room for them. And, you know, start talking about, oh, there's Aunt Sally or there's Uncle Charlie or uh, there's my brother Bob. And, you know, a lot of people, a lot of the medical staff will say, oh, you know, they're just hallucinating. It's just part of the process. Well... (laughs) They're not hallucinating, uh, and yeah, it's part of the process, but it's because they're actually seeing their deceased loved ones in the room, and they are waiting to take them on to the other side. And um, therefore, people do not die alone. And for everybody out there that are listening tonight, if you've had a loved one and you still feel really bad that you happen to get up and go to the bathroom and they uh, they uh, died at that time, I'll tell you what, it was actually easier for them when you got up and left the room. It was easier for them to leave at that time because they knew that their death would be very, very sad for you. And they didn't want to break your heart. They didn't want to just... You know, especially if you're sitting there praying for a miracle. You know, God, please, please let my loved one live. And they know they're not going to live. They know that they're in their dying process. So, you know, a lot of times the soul will just, okay, I'll just wait. She'll go get a Coke any minute. She'll go have a cigarette. She'll go down and check the oil on his truck any minute, and then I'll, and then I'll make the great escape. And um, that's when they leave because it's easier for them and they believe that it's easier on us. Now, yeah, there's also lots of times when the family is there when the person takes their last breath. Um, But, you know, there's something else that that occurs, and that is uh, when my dad died, he, okay, and again, here's one of those situations where we had all been in the room all day with him, and my brother said, hey, do you want to go down and get something to eat? Uh, we asked the nurse, and, and you know, how close is he? And she said, oh, he's got more time. Oh, okay. So we went downstairs to the cafeteria. 
when we came back up, it was so interesting, David, because I looked around the room and something was missing. And I looked at my sister and I said, okay, doesn't it seem like something's missing too? And she said, yeah. And we looked at the machines and all the machines were still going. His heart was still pumping. Um, His body was still breathing. Hmm. So we just, hmm, just kept looking for equipment. Like, okay, what did they take out of here? And, And all of a sudden, my intuition said, his soul left while you were gone. Wow. And I know. And I was like, whoa. And... Um, and then, okay, you know, so we sat there for a little while, and um, and now I, I, you know, I looked at my sister and I said, you know, there's no reason to be here anymore. Now his body was still breathing, and on the way home, as I was driving home, I said, Dad, what's going on? And I said, your body is still breathing, and I heard him say, my heart is strong, honey, I'll be gone tomorrow. And it was exactly how it happened. The next day, his body finally shut down. But his soul left before, his soul felt like, okay, I don't need to do this anymore. I don't need to just lay here and wait until my body stops breathing. And I've seen that with many souls also. That's very, very interesting. That's interesting. A lot of people, I hear your story and I think that that's, you know, David knew when his dad, David knew that his dad could see his mom. And okay. he was pointing towards the ceiling. And, and we, his brother and I were in there as well, and we saw him point. But we, we didn't see anything. But okay. David saw that dad was looking at his mom. And he was pointing yeah. to the people that he could Let see. Let me yeah. clarify that yeah. a little bit. My dad was 95, and my dad, even uh, shortly before that, he was riding his bicycle, and his wife complained because my she couldn't keep up with my dad, and he's over 10 years older than her, on the bicycle, and he'd always ride on the inside, wow. and she said, he's riding on the inside, so I'll get hit by a car. You know, they're old, they're going to say that, so ha-ha. But... Uh, my dad uh, yeah. only went to the hospital once in all these years. They had no, that's for his vocal cords. He had a problem. They operate on vocal cord. Other than that, he hadn't been to the hospital. And they get a call that he'd been sitting in the chair. You know, his wife at that time was going through some mental issues. But finally got a call that he was on the chair and hadn't moved for three days. And got him rushed to the hospital and found out that he had kidney and heart failure and all this other stuff. And uh, so yeah. we, I got there. I notified my family and everything, and he couldn't talk. I finally got my brother flown out here. My sister wasn't going to come to the next day. So that night we were in there mm-hmm. talking to my dad, and he couldn't talk. You know, and you know we we held his hand and told him how much we loved him and all that because I knew I, I just you know just knew. And my brother and I got my sister on the cell phone speaker to talk to him. And then later, after everybody left, my dad was grunting and pointing up, up. He kept doing this. So I looked up, and I, can, I never met uh, his mother because she died before I was born. But I saw her, and it wasn't until oh. later that I saw a picture in the album that that was her. And she was smiling, and there were some people oh, okay. behind her. So then I knew, and then the, the physician asked me if I would sign a do not resuscitate his condition, the uh, 
surgery might not work for him. And I said, yes, because I figured he's 95, never been to the hospital, yeah. all this stuff happening, and his mother's showing up, then it's got to be so. Yeah. So I just put it in God's hands, and then, then you know, after he saw this, the next day, before he could get up there, the doctor called and said he had just passed away. At, at the same time, of uh-huh. course, my light bulb blew out and a bunch of other stuff happened, but, you know. Uh-huh. Yep. It's 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 a fascinating process. It really is. I mean, I, I think it's cool. Uh, but, <laughs> oh, God, people say to me, how can you deal with this stuff? But, see, I just look at it from the soul's perspective, you know, not necessarily the body's perspective. And so I just think, you know, I love stories about like that, you know, where they're looking up at the ceiling or um, they're talking to their deceased relatives and, you know, the the medical staff is saying, oh, you know, don't worry, they're just hallucinating. It's like, oh, my gosh, if they only knew, they are not hallucinating. They're very clear about what's going on. So, yeah, I think it's all very fascinating. It what is. I wanted to what, what I wanted to ask you to was, you know, we always hear the stories about some people seeing their um, loved ones and stuff like that. But when I had um, my near-death experience, I didn't see anybody. But okay. I yep. but I knew that I was somewhere, but I wasn't, and I could feel myself talking to someone, saying okay. that. I'm not, you know, I'm not ready to go because I have all these things to do. I'm raising a husband and blah, blah, blah. <laughs> so mm-hmm. I just, you know, I, and I said to my, I can remember saying, this can't be all there is. I have stuff to do, you know. Yep. So yep. when I do hear people, you know, see the flashes of light and family members and blah, 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 and then they come back, I kind mm-hmm. of feel like, well, wait a minute, I didn't get a chance to see all that. Yeah. You know, sweetie, I think it's just because, you know, your relatives are probably maybe not even aware that you would have your, I'm, I'm talking about your deceased relatives, they might not have even been aware that you were going through that experience. They would, If you were meant to die that day, they would have all been there, I'm sure, uh, the people that were most significant to you. But because you were supposed to just have the near-death experience. That's, I would guess, why. Now, the other thing, too, is that I'm going to assume you're married to David? Yes. You're married to David? Yes, I am. He's the husband I'm trying to raise. (laughs) I gotcha. Um, So, see, because you're you're already open to all of this, um, you know, I think the people that, that do see their relatives and they have those spiritual experiences, they, you know, they're probably not married to psychic mediums. And so um, that's why they see their relatives. So I would guess it was just because it wasn't necessary for them to all round up and and uh, stand in line and say, hey, sorry, you can't make, you can't come home. Um, you know, you got to go back. I think that's why. I really do. Okay. That's probably yeah. why. I, I, I'm yeah. that, Thank you. That makes a lot of sense. You're... I mean, yeah, you're, you know, you, you are who you are, and you're married to who you're married to, and this isn't, this is just, it's your life. Yeah, it's just part of my life. You know life. what I mean? Yes, I do know that. That's, okay. That's true. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be convinced, I guess is what I'm trying to say. So, yeah, uh, that's why. Yeah, she knows. When but did that's you have that experience, sweetie? 
Um, it was in 2012. Oh. I, um, it was just a really bad time medically for me. And okay. um, it, my mom and my sister-in-law were trying to get me to go into the hospital. And I, I, you know, there were so many things going on. My stepdad's mom passed away. And I went to uh, get a blood draw and I, I, I passed out. At the, I went by myself and I passed out. And when I opened my eyes, these 90-year-old ladies were trying to help me off the floor. And I'm, you know, I'm a tall girl. They, just these little wisps of ladies were trying to help me off the floor. Okay. And they were trying to get me a wheelchair and some other stuff. And I'm like, no, just let me do my blood draw and get back in the car Aww. and get home because I was like five minutes away from the house. And so okay. what it was is I ended up having a blood clot in my uh, de- uh, in my my calf and in my lung is what happened, and I didn't realize, and my my blood was, um, I was bleeding out, actually. Um, so my, okay. my blood oh, was man. 12, whatever, and it was 4.9, and they were trying to figure out why I was still standing up and walking around. So oh, my. They, they had to do a lot of things uh, for me, and... But I, I was so upset because my um, I got into an argument with my sister-in-law and um, the funeral was the next day and I get a call at 4 o'clock in the morning and it's the hospital. They ran tests and they wanted me. Before you tell her that, let me tell you what happened. That night, she was stabilized and everything was okay. And she said, what are you doing, David? I said, oh, I'm packing a, a bag uh, in case we have to run you to the hospital. What do you mean? Run me to the hospital. What do you see? I said, oh, nothing. My guides were just telling me just to do it just in case. Everything's okay. 3 o'clock in the morning, we get a call from the hospital telling her, you better get here right now. <laughs> Go ahead, Sherelle. Whoa. Yeah. Oh, how scary. It was just really, and I, you know, I've never had to go to the hospital before to be admitted, and I, they admitted me, and I was... I was so upset because I was like, I have a funeral to go to. I don't have time for this. You know, put a yeah. put a Band-Aid on it so I can get out of here. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I'm like, I just. Oh, my gosh. And they kept me in there for four nights. So it was, uh-huh. uh, yeah. It was, and then got you on the right track? Got me on the right track. And then, okay. um, so, yeah, I'm I'm doing better now. But that was, that night was oh, the best experience after I got angry at my sister-in-law because she's a nurse practitioner and I told her to tell my mom that I was fine and she said I can't do that and you need to be in the hospital and blah 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 you know and I'm like I don't want to hear that so oh man how scary oh god and frustrating yeah I I know that that feeling when everybody's telling you to go to the hospital and you're like no I have too many things to do oh yeah I've been there yeah <laughs> yeah, it's frustrating. Like, like I'm, I'm fine. What are you talking about? I'm fine. Yeah, I, know. I, I passed out. That's okay. I'm okay. I, I'm all right uh-huh. now. Apparently, I wasn't. So, yeah. so anyway. Well, so. I'm not even going to bring up my near-death experience <laughs> because when I was in my 20s, I drowned, and you know, I said, "Oh, this is what it feels like to die," and it felt good. And I it was out of my body. I saw a light. And I said, blah, 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 no, i got to get back. Next thing you know, I was swimming to the surface, and, you know, and I had, like, two experiences. But I guess, like you said, because of what you know, you don't have all these people coming around, just mm-hmm. spirit guiding or whatever. But talking about mm-hmm. seeing them as a psychic medium, you communicate, you know, with the deceased. So how do they appear to you, Echo? 
how do they appear to me? Gosh, they just appear just like folks, people, just regular people. That, yeah. That's amazing. So you're clairvoyant because a lot of people tell me they either hear it or sense it or get fragments, but you know, I see them like a photograph or a movie or whatever, sometimes get signs and symbols. Is that pretty much how, how you do it too? Yeah, I see them. I, I see them clairvoyantly. I also uh, communicate with them clairaudiently, and um, I don't know. You know, for me, it's just like having a conversation with somebody, except that you know you don't hear their voice, but the thoughts come into your mind, as you probably know. And that you know, I'm just so used to it that. Um, and I'm grateful that I'm able to do both, that I'm able to see. And uh, first it starts out, well, no, I can't. I was going to say first it starts out by sensing them, but that's not necessarily true. Sometimes they just will appear and just start talking to me. Um, and then I'll look over and it's like, oh, hello. And, you know, it's kind of how it goes. Yeah, I believe that. It, you know, sometimes I never close off my chakras I just tune them down like a, a, a light switch dimmer but sometimes if somebody pushes mm-hmm. away and they do I've had a lot but um, uh, you know I forget what I was going to ask you so let me, I forget what I was going to ask you can I ask you this can anybody <laughs> communicate with the dead and if so how oh boy you know that's such a good question um, you know okay one thing I want to tell the listeners is that if you are missing somebody and you want to communicate with them, what I have found that is very important is say their name out loud and tell them, you know, Mom, uh, Mary Bodine, May Bodine, Mom Bodine, um, you know, Mom, I really miss you and is this a good time to talk? Can you come and visit me? Now, the reason I say that is people think that the deceased are just sitting in heaven waiting for us to think about them. And if we think about them, then they'll come. But that is not true. Uh, They have lives on the other side. And so for us to to say, hey, Mom, I really miss you. Can you come and talk? Uh, You know, Mom might be busy. And now my mom, you know, she loves bingo. So... If they've got bingo in heaven, that's probably where she is. Okay. Um, and so what I've learned is uh, just because I asked her to come and visit doesn't mean she's going to come and visit. And if she doesn't visit, it doesn't mean that she doesn't love me. It just means that, hey, she's busy. She's got stuff going on. And um, if, okay, if people want to communicate with a deceased, Again, say their name out loud and just say, you know, I really, I, I would like to talk to you. Okay. Um, and then, if, okay, so let's say they don't see them uh, or they don't hear them. Maybe they will just sense that they have come into the room. It's a feeling. They'll get a feeling of that person. And, uh, you know, something I learned that I thought was really cool was uh, shortly after my mom died, uh, I really missed her and I just thought, um, I thought, oh, my gosh, you know, I really want to talk to her, just tell her I love her, tell her I miss her, but I don't want to pull on her energy. 
because, um, you know, she's just adjusting to everything. And, uh, you know, it, it's just, I see so many people that pull on their deceased loved ones. And, oh, please come and talk to me. Please come and take care of me. Please come and make decisions. Please tell me what to do with the property and the car. And, you know, what should I do with the dog? And, you know, it's like these people are dead. I mean, they're no longer responsible to make these decisions or... You know, it isn't important anymore. If they didn't write a will, then it's not important to them what's going to happen to the dog or the property or the car. And um, if it was really important for them, to them, they would have taken the time to make that will. And so now we are the ones, we are living, we are the ones that are responsible to make these decisions. And it doesn't have to be based on what our loved one would want because they have now moved on to a new life. And so these decisions are based on what we want, what works for us in our life. And, you know, a lot of people say, well, and a lot of families end up in huge fights because, well, people think they know, well, you know, this is what my brother would have really wanted. And then the sister will say, no, I know, I knew him better than you did, and this is what he'd want. It's like, oh, my God. So, okay, I'm getting all, I'm going in 10 different directions here, and I'm sorry about that. Um, okay, uh, that day when I was missing my mom, and I thought, gosh, I wish I could just, I don't know, talk to her. Okay, my guide said to me, well, why don't you leave her a message? And right when she said that, clairvoyantly, I got a picture of somebody on the other side who takes messages for people. And and then at the end of each day or throughout the day, a soul can go to the various people that have that job and just say, are there any messages for me? And then they can look at their messages. And it's like, oh, how nice. Echo called or Echo, you know, sent a message. Oh, she loves me. Oh, that's so sweet. Um, and they can send messages back to us and they will come into our head as a thought. And... Um, I'm trying to think of, you know, really simple ways for people. Uh, you know, know, on the I one find hand, I just go ahead. At, at times, I've had people say, "Well, how come I haven't gotten any experiences?" Uh, and I said, "You had a dream that they came to talk to you in a dream." Oh, yeah, but it was just a dream. Hello, that's a form of ADC. You know, sometimes. Yeah. That's right. Negative is it that way. And That's right. you know, what you said, people said, well, Aunt, Aunt B has visited me for a year and a half now. I don't, she don't visit me anymore or hardly any visits. And it's because they want to make sure you're okay when you're grieving through the process. And then they move on to the left and the other mm-hmm. side. Exactly just what you explained to us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's interesting, David, um, and both of you, I'm sorry, um, that that I am not addressing Sherelle either. I'm sorry, sweetie, but... Um, oh, no, no worries, no worries. Okay. Um, recently, uh, a relative of mine died, and uh, it was... Uh, okay, he's a very spiritual guy, and I. the first thought I had was, geez, oh, I wonder how how he is. And I, I had gotten a call, I think, about two hours after he had died, and um, so I just checked into his soul, and I just said, you know, where are you? What's going on? And he, I heard him say, I'm right here. 
And then he showed me the accident, and he said that, uh, he said, Echo, you know that I know all about the white light, and I can see the white light, but I'm not ready to go over there. And he said, I just want to go uh, sit with my wife. And, um, and then the next image he showed me was that he was sitting there at their home on the couch, and uh, he showed me, I saw all these relatives coming in, comes from a big family and uh, all these people were coming in and I said to him wow um, uh, how long are you going to stay there and he said "Um, I'm going to stay here for 10 days and he said I'm going to stay here after the funeral and um, once I know that she has calmed down then I'll go over to the white light and um, it was fascinating to me just to see he was so clear about what he wanted and what he was going to do. And uh, almost like there was just no confusion in his soul. He said that he just felt so bad that this is how he died because it was so instantaneous. And, I mean, the guy was on a fishing trip, and he died. Just, boom, died. And uh, so everybody was really in shock about it. And um, just to see the calmness in his soul, and Echo, I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, I was just worried about her. They have been together for, uh, he met her when she was 16, and uh, she's now 67. So, And this just happened uh, a few months ago. So they were together for, can you imagine being with somebody for 51 years? But they were. And um, so this has been her 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 total life companion, really. And um, so this was a real shock to her. And he did stay for 10 days. He was there at the funeral. Uh, He was a significant citizen here in in Minnesota. And so um, they they estimated about 2,500 people were at the funeral. And um, he was standing over... She was standing in the corner with her daughter just greeting people, and he stood right behind her, and he had his hands on her shoulders. And it was so interesting. She didn't even realize it, but uh, she would, people would come up and talk to her, and she would turn around, and she didn't, she didn't see it, but I could see it as clear as day. She would turn around and face him. And he was standing right there looking at her, telling her, come on, honey, you can do this. You can do this. And um, and I heard him tell her, you don't have to do this. You can go home if you want. And she'd turn back around and she'd, um, you know, wipe her eyes and she'd greet more people. And then she'd turn around again and she'd look at the corner. Now, I asked her later, you know, were you aware that he was standing there? And she said, you know what, if I was, I don't even remember it. I was in so much shock that I was even at his funeral. But, you guys, it was just so cool that he walked her and their daughter through the whole process of um, getting ready for the funeral and then going to the funeral and then after the funeral and then um, on that Saturday, 10 days after the accident, um, he he even said to me, "Okay, Echo, I'm I'm going over to the light." And it was like, "Okay," and uh, he went over, and and then his daughter called about a month afterwards and asked me how he was doing, 
And so I thought, yeah, let's check in and, and see. And I saw him on the other side. It was really cool. I saw him on the other side, and they, my guides had told me that he is, because he was so spiritually awake, he he's on the other side helping people, especially men. He's working with men, helping men who die instantly and are kind of in a state of shock when they get over to the other side. And he, they showed me a picture of him walking down the street um, explaining to guys what has just happened to them and explaining that, you know, your soul and your physical body died. And, wow, it was just so cool. And they said that, that this is how he's coping with his grief, by helping others who die suddenly like he did, and uh, that he feels that he has a purpose, and that's what keeps him going. Isn't that cool? That's, that's amazing. Uh, so yeah. Just to validate yeah. what you said, Cheryl and I went to these friends' home. The uh, family was there. We did like a four-hour read for them. But uh, the mother lost a husband of many years, just like you said, and she couldn't sleep in mm-hmm. the same bed, so she slept on a roll-out bed in another room. And the, the okay. spirit was saying that he would lie down next to her. And uh, I asked her, did she feel mm-hmm. anything when she was lying down before I told her that? She said, yeah, I felt him, his presence lying down next next to me, and I, I went to sleep or something like that. So, I mean, this really does happen. It, it really does, you know. And then when he knows time to go, when you're okay, I guess they, they go on. It's just, you know, amazing. Yeah. Now, if yeah. somebody, some, it's, it's tragic to us that are here. It's inevitable that we, when we come here, we're going to go sooner or later. Sometimes people don't understand why. Like a family mm-hmm. with three kids, you know, the, the parents are in their late 20s, and then the mother passes away, leaves the husband with three kids behind. Uh, some people just mm-hmm. can't understand why something like that would happen, why the mother would leave them. Mm-hmm. What's your opinion yeah, on that? That's a tough question, well, I know. <laughs> I know, but you know what I've seen is that um, that the, usually the case is that the father is going to remarry and it's someone that he has some kind of a karmic tie with or a karmic debt. Um, the mother wanted to come in and give birth to those children. She wanted to be a mother to those children, but only so far. And her soul knew when she was drawing up the plans for her life that, okay, then I will turn my children over to the care of this other person. And, um, you know, a few years ago, uh, one of my, my minister died and I was just in shock that he had even been sick. And, uh, I asked his soul, you know, why? I mean, you're 50 years old. You've got your own church. You're as happy as can be. And he's, and his soul said to me, not his physical body, but his soul said, Echo, I'm just done. I've, I've done it all. And he said, and he said his wife was uh, due to marry. Oh, okay. Uh, his wife was due to marry someone else in a few years. And he said to me, Echo, everything is fine. It's all fine. And he said, tell them all it's all fine. And so, you know, if that's the soul's plan, that's the soul's plan. 
It is. And in the case of the wife going mm-hmm. and the husband remarrying, because you know, that's what's meant to be, is well, those children will all reunite with her anyway, eventually. So yeah. that's another way of looking yeah. at it, even though it's hard to understand at the time. But mm-hmm. that makes a great deal of sense. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, I talk to yeah. you for hours about the stuff. It's so interesting. You know, um, cool. thank you, David. We just have less than a minute left, so uh, everybody, please visit her website, echobuilding.com, and get her new book, What Happens When We Die. It will answer all your questions that you need to know that we, we couldn't breach that subject here. But Echo, I, I wish we had more time to talk. Uh, we love you very much. Thank we love you. your books. And we thank you so thank much you. from the bottom of our hearts for being on our show. Oh, of course. Thank you for having me. And we would Thank li- you, you two. We would like to Maybe offer- we'll talk again. Yes, please. Okay, That'd great. be nice. That would be nice. Could you tell us the name of your radio cool. show? The name of your radio show and how people can listen. Could you tell people about the name your radio of my radio show? show is Sisters for the Soul. Yeah. Sisters for the Soul. Sisters for the Soul. Perfect. It's on every other Thursday night. Yeah. Mm-hmm. They can get more information on my Facebook page. Okay, Wonderful. Which is Echo Lee Bodine or Echo Bodine fan page. I know we're running out of time. That's all right. Thank uh, you. Echo, God bless you. Thank you so much. Yep. All Thank right, you. have a good evening. Bye-bye. Thank you so much. All right, bye-bye. 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 Thank you, everybody, for listening to this edition of Beyond the Gate Radio. Uh, we ran out of time. We didn't have time for callers, but thank you for those of you who did call in. Time goes so fast when you have such an interesting subject and an interesting guest. Uh, well, we're going to have Echo on again if she has time. She's sounded very interested in come back to her show, so we'll plan to do that again in the future. Thank you for listening to our Sunday, February 9, 2014 edition of Beyond the Gate. Good night, Sherelle. Good night, David. Have a wonderful night. And good night to our our listeners. Thank you so much for listening. Shout out to Sandy and Russ Wells, Michael Vanderpool, and um, Nick. Nick, 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 Nick. (laughs) The Psychic Twins and everybody else. God bless you and good night. Good night, everyone.